Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Hi, folks. Welcome along to another episode of Soundtracking with me, Edith Bowman. It's lovely to have you with us. Appreciate you choosing to join us for another episode as we dive into discussion about film, TV, music, uh, either all of the above or one or two or a number of the above. Um, and this week is a really interesting one because it's three for the price of one as I'm joined by writer-director uh, Philip Barantini and composers Aaron May and David Ridley to discuss their collaboration of Phil's BBC spin-off of the film Boiling Point. It features many of the original cast and the episodic format gives Phil and his co-writers the opportunity to kind of flesh out the characters as you can see by checking out the whole season on the BBC iPlayer right now. This started, I think, showing a couple of weeks ago uh, and what's really nice about it is it's doing that thing where it's shown on a Sunday night on the BBC and it's also available on iPlayer. So you have that option of doing that kind of weekly thing with it. Or you can dive on to uh, iPlayer and binge it. But I just wanted to give it a couple of weeks because we go into a fair bit of detail about characters and the storyline and where it goes. And so I didn't want to spoil anything for anybody. So if you like the film, brilliant. And then if you haven't seen the TV show yet, then please do go and check it out. And on the other side of that, if you've just found this through the TV show, go and watch the film because it's absolutely extraordinary. From where the TV show starts, it's the kind of the film's the prequel to it, really. But Boiling Point and the TV show is scored by Aaron and David. And we'll begin with their cue in recovery. And I should say, as I just mentioned, that there are a couple of major spoilers uh, which we like to avoid. So if you haven't seen the first two episodes yet, proceed with caution, my friends.
listen, I just want to say thank you A, for doing this, but also just huge congratulations. I've seen the first two episodes. To say I was broken at the end of episode two would be an understatement. What's really great is that you've all got this journey from the film to this wonderful opportunity to take these characters and this story further. So yeah. I hope you don't mind if we kind of talk about both yeah, today, yeah, because yeah. it would be remiss to not kind of celebrate and talk about the film first and then, you know, talk about the fact that, you know, we've got this wonderful thing to look forward to, to see more of this story and these characters, really. But this film kind of, I think, hit people with a real sucker punch for so many reasons. The format of this this one shot, you know, and taking us on this journey of of this night in this place with this car- these characters in the story was extraordinary. But where did the idea start? for that and for these characters and for Boiling Point? Well, it started when I was working as a chef. I, 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 I was an actor for 20 odd years, but I wasn't as successful as I would have liked to have been. <laughs> no, it's tough. It's a tough old business. And I did it for years, like as, a, as an actor, you know what I mean? I was doing well when I started out, but then, you know, I needed to make some money. And chefing sort of runs in the family. My granddad was a chef and, and my cousin is a chef as well. So it's like, I sort of just fell into it. I mean, mate was um, managing a, a, a gastro pub in East London. And I was working there as a sort of waiter at first. I'm working behind the bar and stuff. And it was funny because, like, I used to just be, like, constantly, like, talking to the chefs and asking them questions and how, why are you doing this and how are you doing that? And anyway, it, so long story short, basically, they got for me a job in the kitchen because the sous chef had, had not turned up one one night. He, he, he'd done it a lot and he just didn't turn up. So they basically fired him and said, do you want to come in and help us out? So so I jumped in the, in the deep end, really. And and, yeah. just, and and Paul Foster, who was the head chef there, he just took me under his wing. Basically, I fell in love with it. Like, I, I really did. And, and, I, and I, you know, again, to cut a long story short, I ended up doing it for 12 years. And I became a head chef after 10 years and, and sort of probably less than 10 years, actually. But then I literally just... You know, along the way, I'd always sort of wanted to to direct for for years. When I was when even when I was a kid, that's how I sort of got into the industry. I went to mm. I went to Disney in 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 Florida and like saw the Universal Studios and all that, and just saw the magic of it. And then actually, when I was about twelve, I went to Granada Studios tour, which is you know it's You're not close to home. It's not Disney, but you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I got to see the Coronation Street set. Me too. Yeah. I did that tour. It's amazing. Yeah. And so that was sort of like what sort of pushed me into that world, really. I just fa- fascinated by by how it's how things are made and stuff. Mm. I started acting when I was professionally when I was about 15. But, you know, I'd always had a sort of thing about like making stuff and how it was made. And, I was, and you know, so so I wanted to to direct. And, and so, again, long story short, I wanted to make something, but I never really had the confidence to do it. And then my mum passed away quite suddenly seven years ago Sorry. and I'd, I'd sort of been sober for for a year I, I've been sober eight years now but I was I was sober for a year and so the whole time I was working as a chef I was in a dark dark place let's just put it that way like me, the passing of my mum was it's everything changed in my life yeah. you know my mentality on, on life and everything like that, and perspectives and stuff and I just thought like, you know what I'm just gonna make I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go and make a, a short so I made this this short um called seconds out and See see how I get on, you know what I mean. I actually asked Stephen Graham if he'd be in, in it, and he said no. He said, L- "Let's let's see how you get on with the first one, and see if, see if you're any good, and then we, we can talk if you want to do any more, you know." <laughs> but but the whole sort of time I was working as a chef, I'd seen everything there is to possibly see in that world, you know. What yeah. I mean? And I thought, I'd always thought, "Oh my god, this is this is so ripe for like 
for entertainment, if you like. You know what I mean? There's just so many things going on in that world. So so I always had ideas in my head, but never really executed them. And then I was I was away filming something as an actor. I just got a little part in, in a show out in Lithuania. I just remember just been sitting in the hotel room and just like wrote a load of ideas down. I mean, it wasn't ideas. It was basically mm. the script of a short film without any dialogue in it. And it, I've still got it in my notes now. And then I pitched that to Stephen and he was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Yeah, let's let's sort of do it. You know what I mean? And, and then we, me and James Cummings wrote it, the short. And we, we got it made within like two or three months. I wanted to get an agent because I knew I wanted to direct now and that was it. But I knew I had to get an agent. And Stephen was like, right, we'll make this. I'll send it around my agency if it's any good. And He's see, good see- like that, isn't he? He's oh, kind of this uh, brilliant, like he, with Jodie Comer and stuff as well, you know, in terms yeah. of that. I'll tell you what, I'll introduce you. You know, he's he's a he's a real kind of connector and and sort of he's got such a big heart and yeah. he just wants people to do well. Yeah. Honestly, I can't thank him enough for what he's done for me. And he, I consider him a brother, you know what I mean? We've known each other for 20 odd years. We worked together years ago, but we're so close now. Me, me and Hannah as well, you know, his wife, Hannah, and his kids, they're just, they're like family to me now, you know what I mean? So... Yeah, it's just it's just been an incredible journey, and then and then we made the feature, you know, off the back of the short because the short did well. We wasn't expecting it to do well or do anything really. It was to get an agent. I got the agent, <laughs> you know, and then and then it was um it was a case of people were saying, oh, you should turn this into a feature. So we were like, oh, okay, well maybe we maybe we'll try it. So we did the feature again. You know, it was COVID. We never thought it would go anywhere. It was just a, a sort of case of let's make a an independent film and see see how we get on with it. And then, you know, and now here we are with the series, four-part drama for BBC. It's crazy. What take ended up being the take that we watched at the cinema? Take three out of four, it was. Oh, my, just four? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me tell you, right, it was it was meant to be eight. It was meant to be eight takes because we were going to do it over four nights. Yeah. But because of COVID, we actually got shut down after the second day. Oh, man. We, we knew we were going to shut down in the, of the night of the first night, because the producer said to me, listen, we can't do any more than tomorrow because we're, we're literally like every other production is shut down with the last yeah. one staff. And everyone was getting so nervous, you know, and, and so yeah. so we were like, right, we've got to get this. We've got to get this. And so, so we went in on that day and it was like, yeah, it was it was nuts. Absolutely nuts. Wow, that's amazing. And when did you when did you know then that there was going to be this opportunity to do? Is it four parts for the B then, the, the TV show? Yeah. Yeah. When did you know that that was going to be a, an opportunity? They got in contact with me the very big, the beginning of last year, I think it was, or maybe just the year before. They emailed me and said, um, you know, would you be interested in jumping on a Zoom? So so I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. of course. Yeah. And they were like, have you ever thought about turning this into a series? And we, we'd spoken about like ideas, you know what I mean? Because we had so many ideas for the film, but we can't cram it all into an hour and a half. The film is like packed, jam-packed anyway. <laughs> You know what I mean? So so we had all these ideas talking about. So then the opportunity came that we thought, now we can explore these characters a little bit further. Yeah. Because a lot of the feedback has been like, oh, I wish I knew what happened with that character or what was going on there, you know. So it was really exciting. And and then, you know, they said, go away and write a script. So we went away. We, we wrote the first episode and came back and they they greenlit it straight away. And and they sort of said to us, look, if you can you make can you get start prepping three months time because we want to try and get the show out at a certain date and we were like um yeah yeah, yeah, yeah of course we can yeah yeah <laughs> but it was it, so the whole process even from like the start of the short has just been this mad like organic 
roller coaster. It's it's nuts. It's been yeah. nuts. Arden and David, thank you for patiently waiting there as we get the kind of like, you know, the backstory, the origin story of Boiling Point, really. <laughs> but when you are, I mean, this is a question for you all, really, because, you know, first of all, Philip, why Arden and David? And then kind of what were those conversations about how and what you needed with regards to music for the film, first of all? Why Arden and David? David, I met David um, through the, the, the writer of my very first short film, Robbie O'Neill. Dave did the short film for us. He he composed that on his own. And yeah. then I did the, the uh, Boiling Point, the short, which again had no music in it. Mm-hmm. But we did a feature together, Villain, yeah. my first feature. And Dave and Aaron did that together. And, you know, I just think they're just incredible. We, we've got a really great uh, shorthand in terms of, you know, how we work together and stuff. And with the feature of the of the of Boiling Point, we we toyed with adding music in there, but it just didn't work because yeah. it sort of took away the tension, if that makes sense. Yeah. But with um the TV series, there was a real opportunity there to just sort of go to town. It was a really interesting experiment, actually. And to be fair, making the one shot, you you you'd shot it, and it was everyone sort of breathed a huge sigh of relief. <laughs> um, and then it was and then COVID hit and we were all dealing with that and then we kind of after about a month or two of sort of settling in we're all in our different corners of the world and um, Phil rings up and is like right I'm really not sure if this needs any music it's like you know it's one shot and you know music is like the brother of editing which is the sister they're sort of hand in hand and then they sort of complement each other and you feel the rhythm of yeah uh, sort of any, any piece of film through through those sort of beats as it were and but but Phil said, listen, ha- have a week, like score some parts of the film, do what you want. And then we'll talk at the end of the week. Let's see what you've done. So we had we had that sort of experimental week. So Aaron and I were there. We recorded a bunch of and we 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 threw a lot at it and we kind of decided to score the same scene like three or four times in different sort of worlds because we really it just wasn't sticking sort of thing. But we, we yeah. found some stuff. We found some stuff that we really liked. But then on um, I gave it to Phil on the Friday and the Saturday morning, he hung us up and it was like, boys it's just proven to me that we don't need a score so we were just like okay it's all right you know the world seems to be ending and you know but it's it's all it's all good but quite a lot of that material ended up sort of going away into a little a little box and we sort of then had a a, a sort of bunch of stuff to sort of pull out and start with with the with the series with because the series I think I'm allowed to say right that um there's a there's there's quite a lot of very long shots and a few great sort of one shot sequences but yeah it's not four hours of one shot drama because as Phil as Phil said before, if you did that to follow every different character home, you'd be on the tube for like a whole episode going back to the house. Yeah. Um so no, they're relying on editing and therefore music sort of sort of became quite a natural thing to lean on. And we so we had the the challenge to sort of bring in a language that was going to organically work with the with what we'd seen and what we know. Um but, but it was also sort of going to help help the drama, I suppose. And I guess as well, Arden, there's those things that are that kind of frameworks around things as well that give you that you either lean into or you lean away from. Like like you say with the TV show, you've got things like, you know, you've got the environment of uh front of house, you've got the kitchen, you've got people's homes, you've got them traveling, you've got their emotional states, you've got the relationships and stuff. You have got so much to kind of to kind of play with and lean into sort of thing in a way. And that, I guess, gives you the opportunity musically to kind of have, have quite a varied kind of palette there as well. Is that fair? Big time. So you've got the kitchen, you've got the front of house, and then you have some episodes where we move out of the restaurant as well. So that instantly gives you basically three worlds. And then you've also got numerous different characters. So it's yeah. a, you know, quite early on, 
kind of our normal approach is that we'll be like, okay, let's write, you know, a theme, like a melodic theme or get a sound or, or you know, but, but but come up with thematic material. And that's often for, for each character. But with the television show, there, there, there are a couple of characters with their own themes, but a lot of the themes are more kind of em- emotional themes. So yeah. where similar emotions or related emotions might return to different characters, we kind of came up with themes, we composed themes to fit those that might develop from character to character. But that was interesting. And then as well, like in the kitchen, one of the amazing things about the film and about the series is that um, James Drake, who did the sound design, like he's just got this incredible palette of, of, of sounds, which he like meticulously recorded in the, and, and, and sort of made sure everything was technically how it would sound in the kitchen and, and everything. And, and, yeah. and in the kitchen, like, when you're in there, there's so much sound that, that we found that our process, we scored a lot. And then we, we actually begun to take things off often because there, there's only a few points where, where it felt that it in, within the kitchen, where, yeah. where that, that, that kind of it was really needed. And then out, outside of the kitchen, then we kind of were, were able to score a bit more. And even that kind of front of house thing as well, you know, the kind of I always notice when you go to a restaurant and there's no music playing. And you're like, this is weird. Why have they not got even like some kind of weird sort of reversioned Ed Sheeran or something? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's kind of like, that's another another element to it as well. You know, in terms of there's a playlist that's going on within that kind of front of house for the customers and stuff for that that energy and atmosphere that you're trying to create in a kind of posh restaurant. Yeah. I mean, with, with the feature as well, I mean, I must say like that, that I, when I said to them on the Saturday, Listen, it's not going to work with score this. But yeah. we do need music through in coming to play through the speakers. And so all of that has been completely scored by the guys. You know what I mean? Amazing. They, and we, we we talked about like enhancing slight moments, you know, a bit more put, put a bit more energy through a, a, a bit when when something's going wrong or you know, or there's there's a bit of tension or whatever, just so that it's subconscious in the in the music playing through the speakers, you know. And it's all Christmas themed as well. Uh, yeah, the brief. Okay, it's June. It's 2020, the big year, and it's sunny outside. We're all yeah. trapped inside. And our brief is to go on Google and go, right, out of copyright Christmas carols, let's do lo-fi remixes of these that are going to fit a trendy restaurant in December in yeah. Dalston. And, you know, that's sort of like bare, sort of like cool ambience. And so we're just there going, oh, my God, how do we make that the whole sound sexy? Um <laughs> And also, like when you're listening to them, you can't know that the the, the whole link to Christmas has to be subconscious as That's well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you can't know what the melodies are, but then you but then you you've definitely heard them in your childhood. They're definitely telling you that it's December. But, so they're releasing that Christmas album this year. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas the remix. We should be selling it to restaurants. They could all have it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was a really interesting. It was it was an interesting. I think education on scoring, though, because you know there there's this kind of this whole like structure of tension in the film mm. and we like really wanted to push that within the playlist but then at the same time no one can notice so it was a lot of just gradually making the harmony you know more and more crunchy but not so mm. crunchy that it sounds unrealistic because what restaurant plays like re- music with really crunchy harmony in, in a trendy restaurant in london but just like pulling that slightly like bending tempos and stuff and 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 and, and it was it was interesting seeing what you can get away with without people noticing but at the same time affect how they're watching the film that was a a crazy brief yeah a bet what i love as well a big i'm a big fan of a previously on a tv show 
I don't know yeah. if you if you are as well, but I love kind of when I'm watching a series and you kind of have that. I just remember it as a kid, but there would always be a, a voiceover that would go previously on whatever yeah, the yeah, show yeah. was. That's got a almost kind of its little a little motif in a way, and then you've got the kind of the the credits sort of thing, you know, or it's, it feels like it's almost kind of a uh, a theme tune thing on episode two because there's nothing from from the version that I saw for episode one. You're kind of straight in episode yeah. two. You've got that kind of previously. Then you've got this lovely little kind of feels like a little motif that goes into a needle drop, which is the Brent and Wood track. of that is kind of that you know that that works with the food and the food imagery and all that kind of stuff it's brilliant it's so great but is that kind of fun when you've got to work on the kind of what that's going to sound like audibly you know the kind of the previously thing because you're mixing you're, you're condensing something that's been like a whole episode with a bit of music as well for me, it's like because we we get we get a choice, you know what I mean. It's not like a mandatory thing that you have to do for the BBC or, or oh, whoever. cool. So it, so it's a choice, and I, I'm with you. You know what I mean? I I love that because we did have a bit of a back and forth really with 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 a few of the the or the, not the execs, but with with some of the BBC, and it was like nowadays people just skip it if they don't want to watch it, but yeah. it's there. People say because for me, I watch two episodes or something and then I get really busy and then I come back and I'm like oh what happened I can't remember now I need to read a recap so it is cool. so I, I always think it's really good and that same with title sequences as well with the previously on because we'd worked together on another show called Malpractice and when we were doing Boiling Point we we were doing the previously on but the editors used the Malpractice previously on music um, which is very different and it's very uh, hypey it's very like bring yeah. the hype you know what I mean? <laughs> and then i hadn't heard what heard what they'd done and, and so when when i heard it for the first time i was like oh wow this is beautiful you know um but yeah it's uh it's great and, job and well done yeah oh. that that um that what it, what is the instrument with the sort of that that theme it, through the um, well, well we kind of we 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 tend to with malpractice as well, we kind of that's obviously quite a pretty important cue to sort of get right, but it's often really not clear what that should be until later on in the process. So we tend to score quite a lot of the episodes and then we sort of think, okay, now we've got a feel for it. Let's like go back and do the sort of the previously on because it is, I quite like those bits as well because they also serve to like, I don't know, warm up your brain because they're yeah. just like, right, there's a lot of information happening here. Let's sit down and concentrate. And then you're like, in it sort of sucks you into the, the, to the episode, doesn't it? But the, the instrument in the um, Boiling Point one is um, is from Carly's sort of main theme from episode one, which is uh, a pizzicato cello, but played sort of like a guitar. Oh, so wow. it's it, it's sort of like spread cello chords and then, and, but then played very, very, very quickly with like sort of three fingers. I can't for the life of me remember how we sort of got there, but it's quite an emotional, like woody, stripped back language. 
Phil's prompts for the music of the Boiling Point series was, I just want it to be sort of stripped back and like honest and raw. Yeah. So we'd gone into quite an electronic place for the Malpractice album and quite processed. But I think this just needed to sound, I think just digging into sort of the emotional language of the characters and the, the people that they are behind their sort of work selves, I suppose. Yeah. You know, it's it's so tempting to add layer upon layer upon layer, but stripping back the instruments, stripping it back until you've just got a, a small identity for each sort of sound for, for a character. So, yeah, the cello came out and we played with it a bit. And then we got to a place where we did had this like rolling arpeggiated sort of figure. And then that became a bit of a motif. And then it worked quite well for trying to set the emotional tone for the um, intro uh, previously on music. I suppose. Yeah. Vanette's amazing. And also just the casting of her mum as well. Absolute genius. I mean, just genius casting. And yeah, it is really interesting because there's a cue, the cue of kind of where she's, you know, she's left the, this will go out after, we'll, we're going to put this out kind of after the episodes have dropped. So it gives people a chance sure. to watch it. So I'm, we're not spoiling anything for people. But that kind of, you know, you, when she leaves the, almost kind of like the safety of the kitchen really and is, is kind of thrown into her real life and what she's dealing with with that and the way that the music and the cue kind of really just you know she's not she can't be honest about so much in that situation but the music's almost telling us so much I feel in 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 those kind of moments yeah it's it's so it was so important I think for for me music is like what Dave was saying it's like you know it is it's the most important thing I think when it when it's used properly like this, you see some films and the, and the music's overused, and they're trying to they're trying to push you into feeling something. Mm. But I think done properly and, and and done well, it should be subconscious, really, and and you sort of notice it afterwards. But what I wanted for this, and the, yeah, the brief was basically, I was like, if we use a piano, I want to be able to hear the piano. I want to be able to hear the echo of the inside of the piano and the pedals and the keys, and, and yeah. you know, it's it's almost like you can hear pin drops that kind of vibe and, and you know and there's the, the, in episode two I think we use the piano a bit for Andy's stuff and it's yeah it's just, it's just stunning and like and like that's that's what I you know I mean I'm not I'm not someone who who is a musician or understands music I don't play any instrument but I but I, I think I've got a decent ear for it so I sort of know when some when when it, it has to make me feel something right yeah conversation about looking at different instruments for different characters specifically in a way as well you know you talk about the kind of cello being kind of really central to to Carly and you mentioned the piano there for Andy's character was that a kind of deliberate conversation at all we did have a chat about it and I think we talked about themes right for Andy's theme and for Carly's theme and I just I don't think we sort of stuck on an instrument but but I definitely wanted it to to be the two the two themes of, of Carly and, Andy. and I think Carly just became that cello that was that they played a really rough version of it, or they 
played it over over a particular scene. I can't remember now. And it was just like, it was so simple, but yet so effective. It was yeah. just like that's it. That's all we need. And then mm. we and then we enhanced it in certain other scenes. And you know, it's it has become the main theme really. It's it's interesting. Like as Aaron was saying earlier on, I feel like one of the for me really sensational things about Boiling Point is just how many like three dimensional characters there are existing simultaneously and how much we feel like we know about every single one of them and how much yeah. we're seeing. I haven't counted, but there's like 15, sort of 20. But we feel like we know lots about every single one of them and the story could go into any one of their lives yeah. within each episode. And there are there is a sort of story arc following one, maybe two characters per sort of episode. So we we sort of found that if we were going to write 16 themes, there, there would be probably a, a, a chance of it getting quite sort of diluted. Yeah, and yeah, what, yeah. what we ended up coming up with was music that sort of fitted general emotional shapes and then I suppose from episode to episode I think it helps maybe bind the 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 stories together to what so we're experiencing like the ensemble from a sort of general familial emotional place Mm -hmm. if that makes any sense yeah um because there are there are themes and Carly's very much linked to the cello I think I think that's the the one person who has a very a bit of an like instrument identity I mean and Mm. she is sort of the center the center of the whole like hurricane isn't she she's right in the middle of everything episode two though that you've got that emily harness character you know when she's by his bed and she said close your eyes for me oh my god just thinking about it makes you want to burst into tears i think we cried a lot oh, it, oh man and um, Stephen, <sighs> who plays jamie is just uh, absolutely oh my god they're, they're, they're on screen chemistry is just insane and um that that, that storyline episode two like it really nearly broke Aaron and I because there's that sequence. If we can talk about this, you can't yeah, yeah, because can. yeah, we'll, I'll, and I'll say at the start of the episode as well, you know, for people as well to to make sure that we're not spoiling anything for anyone. Do you want to say a little bit about the, the the process of scoring that that sequence, Aaron? The sequence where he ends up cutting himself. I mean, that was from the beginning. That was the scene where where we were like, okay, th- this needs it needs its own theme that 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 hasn't come up in this episode or the episode previously yeah and it's kind of i guess if you're seeing episode two kind of episodes one and two almost as a kind of a first half that 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 would be the if not emotional i think emotional but 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 definitely the kind of the climax the 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 climactic point dave and i were like we'd been feeling the tension and i would say that that one cue leading up to that took probably about a quarter of the time that Hmm. took up like the uh the entire score so 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 we went through like six or seven iterations and i think kind of contrary to to what we've been doing with a lot of the other cues where, where we were pulling everything back with, with this one because, because it's such an important scene we, we were throwing a lot at it i think a lot of the material that we were coming up with was very melodic and was very full and yeah it was it, it was stressful and then kind of quite near the end we we thought okay well let's just Let's strip everything back. So then we watched that build up with just a drone underneath. And we were like, okay, well, now we're doing this. Then this so suddenly the scene is is speaking more and 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 you're hearing everything and you're seeing everything and you're and you're feeling the emotion more. So 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 then we basically started again with a drone. And then it was the process of coming up with there's a main, like very slow, I don't even know if you would call it a melody. It's just a it's just a slow line. Mm. That, builds throughout that 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 sequence kind of in 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 pitch and 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 in volume and then and then that's joined really by like a by a second line and and that's it for that entire scene and it's the type of cue which 
when you just think about what's there, which is a drone and two lines, you could write it in half an hour, but then you wouldn't write it in half an hour because it's... I couldn't. Right. Like the <laughs> <laughs> but, but then interestingly, once we, once we had that language, that language in, in a sense comes back in later episodes. Thematically, it's different. The, the melodies are different. But um, mm. it's an interesting thing about composing. Like when you come up with a language of it, or, or specifically composing for film, when you come up with a language for it, sometimes everything becomes a lot more fluid when you're writing but it's not you're not necessarily like kind of drawing on old specific ideas so specific harmonies or melodies it's kind mm -hmm. of once you get it you, you know so the, 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 you know what it sounds like so that so, so then once we had that a lot of late scenes later on in the process even though the material was different came a lot smoother because I mean it's handled really beautifully and sensitively in the script mm -hmm. and, in, and in the the edit and in the, the filming of it but it's really sensitive material yeah and we were like we've got to get this right and it's so emotional that our gut instinct was to put very emotional sort of music on it and and it just took us ages to realize that something simple was just going to carry what the emotion that you're just seeing yeah um and all their performances in particular particularly Hannah and, and Stephen through the whole of that episode. Yeah. I think I could actually do a whole episode on every episode of the show. I mean, I've only seen the first two, but I feel like it's just, it's so rich in kind of conversation about the craft and making it and writing it and putting it together and everybody's collaboration on it as well, be that, you know, the cast who are just, you know, I've mentioned a few people and stuff, but like Gary as well, I just think, oh, I almost get as well from the first two episodes that we're we're going to, there's going to be a bit of a, bit of a story arc for him I think to come in yeah. maybe episode three and four which I'm really looking forward to because I feel like he's God he's such a brilliant talent that I, I, mm -hmm. I feel like there's there's a kind of there's an unearth in there of something of him being able to kind of really show what he's kind of what he's got and I really get the sense that we might be getting to see a bit of that over episodes three and four I hope. Yeah he he uh, we had a screening of at the BFI of the episode one with like 450 people yesterday and and Gary came up to me afterwards and he'd not seen the show, any of it. None of the actors had seen anything. Yeah. And he was just blown away by the reaction. And he, he got a lot of like love. He just brought all of that. That's just, you know, if anyone who knows Gary knows that, that he's that he, he is that person. He's just a beautiful human being. So yeah. he just brings that element of himself to the character. And I wanted him to do that. You know what I mean? So yeah. with all the actors, really, that's yeah. what I want to do, you know, give them the freedom to sort of be, be a bit loose with it and, Random you know. question, but you've got so many Stevens involved on oh screen. <laughs> Do we have code names for them all? Because when I'm kind of you know talking, like trying to ask talk about them and stuff, it's like okay. Yeah. Well, we've got, so we've got Stephen Graham, Stephen Odebola, Stephen McMillan, Will it? yeah, 
Um, <laughs> so, so we have, so Stephen Graham is obviously Stephen Graham. Yeah. Like <laughs> just Stephen Graham, but, and then you've got Stevie O and yeah. Stevie Mac. Great. Perfect. Okay. I mean, <laughs> yeah. And the Stevie O story is brilliant as well. Yeah. It's so great. Yeah. And listen, before we run out of time, we've got to talk about needle drops as well, because, you know, I mentioned the Brenton Wood track that, that's uh, yeah. on episode two and stuff. And then you've got that kind of it's really good because you've almost kind of got that kind of bookend of tracks and the nobody mm-hmm. knows um, yeah. Pastor Barrett and Youth for Christ Choir, which has kind of got this, you know, real sort of, you know, considering where Hannah and Stephen spend a bit of time, you know, in terms of their story within the church. Uh, and that those meetings sort of thing of this kind of almost quite religious sort of feel gospel feel to this track that we end with the end the episode with music can take you places as well that you're like oh don't take me there because I'm already emotional it's kind of like literally I was <laughs> sobbing and it was uh, it was because of that track yeah. yeah what's the journey of kind of deciding what needle drops existing pieces of music that you're going to use because when there are tracks that are very very familiar it obviously has that kind of danger of of everybody's got a connection to it for whatever that may be personally. So you kind of want to try and avoid that in, in, in ways. But yeah, talk to me a little bit about those needle tracks and also you guys being able to connect with those and not they not feel clunky with the score and the cues and the music that's there. Very early on when we started this, we sort of toyed with the idea of, and I said I said to, to Aaron and David, I want to throw in a bunch of commercial tracks throughout, throughout this series to try and do it in a way where it's, you know, it's it's quite juxtaposed, and it's, yeah. it's not that we've seen we've seen uh, that music that we've heard before, or you know, not heard in a long time, or something that is a bit outside the box. Yeah. And so, our music supervisor on on this job, Mark Kirby, he is just a genius of finding these tracks, and so <laughs> just find me some nuggets, you know, find us load of nuggets and send them in, and he sent like, you know, hundred not hundreds, but he sent a lot of tracks over to us. And it was just a case of me and, and um, Tommy and Alex, the editors, just going through these tracks and trying trying to make them fit. I wanted it to be a little bit off kilter, yeah. but too much off kilter that it doesn't work. So, you know, there's that, that sort of juxtaposition there where, where it just it enhances, like, you know, what we talked about before with music yeah. sometimes. 
the music in the film was sort of took away from the tension because it's a bit weird and it's a bit like, oh, that it doesn't, I don't know. Because at the beginning of that track in episode two, it's quite it's, happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the scene isn't upbeat. And we've just seen Stephen in the bed, in the hospital bed. And, and, and actually, when Tommy showed me it, I was like, what are you doing? This doesn't work. And then I was like, oh, oh my God, this, whoa, this really works. Oh, sugar, you know that. <laughs> yeah. So it was, and, and everyone had that same reaction as what you did, you know. So whenever we played it and showed them that scene, they all had the same reaction of like, mm, not sure what this yeah. is. A bit. And then it's like, whoa, you know. So yeah, so, so it was really important throughout the whole of the series. And, you know, Munya Ackle, who was our second block director, who did episode, she directed episode three and four. So important for me to have her together, you know, choosing the style of the music and, and the sort of, you know, the, all of those little themes. And, and again, with with David and Aaron, you know, just having a chat with them. So important that we were all on the same page because I think it has to be one piece. And like a lot of the time you see TV series and, and they, you know, it's different directors and you can tell it's like they put their spin on it and stuff like that, but which is absolutely fine. I wanted Mooney to do that, but I think it was so important for her to be, you know, across the music of my episodes. And we talked about it and same with the casting you know, yeah. so it was a big family, really. And, and that's what I always like to create on on every job is a, is a family that we all get on and we, we're just having fun because that's ultimately what this this is about. You know, we're just creating films and TV. I guess it was quite um, relatively clear, I suppose, from early on. We chatted to Mark a couple of times and to Phil, but we kind of were like, oh, the the, the, the needle drops and the score are going to have quite different different roles here. Yeah. So yeah. finding out what those roles were, because quite a lot of them are so quite high energy tracks you know full like there's a lot of sort of soul and gospel and like big sort of bandy and like big you know vocals it kind of feeds into the if you're trying to find what what the opposite of that is it might be something that's very stripped back so that fed into that I suppose yeah what the one the one I mean it's not it's not similar to the soul or gospel or the needle drops really but the one exception to the rule obviously is the is the title theme which is bonkers and high energy I can't remember what what words well, you use, Phil, but it's something to do with like chaos. <laughs> yeah, I just said I just wanted to be I wanted to be stressful, <laughs> like a kitchen. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. the the theme The theme of the title sequence. I just said I wanted to be stressful, but I said I said I also want to be able to. I, I want someone to remix it and play it in nightclubs. <laughs> yeah, like Succession. <laughs> yes, exactly. 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 <laughs> Oh, you've done a great job. Uh, listen, I could chat to you like for hours about it because I, I think you've done an extraordinary job. And I've having not seen three and four. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm hoping that this is not the end of it, sort of thing. But you've you've yeah. you've written and created <laughs> such rich and brilliant characters that we care about immediately, um, and we want to know more about them, and we want to we want to watch them through these fantastic performances of these actors that you've cast as well. So congratulations! It's it's brilliant, and I can't wait to see the rest of it. Thank you so much. It really means a lot. It really does. Cheers. Thank you so much. Cheers, Phil. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, David.
from Boiling Point, that's the main titles rounding off this latest episode of Soundtracking with uh, Philip Barantini, Aaron May and David Ridley. My huge thanks to all three for taking the time to talk to us. As I said, you can watch all episodes of Boiling Point on the BBC iPlayer now. Uh, it really is a superb and extraordinary piece of TV, both in terms of the production on it, but also the acting is spectacular. Please check out our previous episodes wherever you get your pods. We're at edithbowman.com as well and you can leave us a rating and a review. In fact, on the website, it's a really good opportunity to kind of have a bit of a scroll through some of the episodes that we've done. You can follow us on socials. We're at Soundtracking UK and we also have a YouTube channel where we'll be putting up loads of extra content. Next week, we're very excited to be joined once again, actually, um, by Garth Davies, who was previously on to talk about Lion, uh, Mary Magdalene. And he joins us this time to talk about his beautiful, almost poetic new film called Foe. It stars Saoirse Ronan and Paul Mescal, and it's out in cinemas on the 20th of October. So that's this coming Friday. So uh, if you're thinking about going to see something at the cinema, I can highly recommend Full. It's a really considered beautiful piece of work. And Sersha and Paul on screen together are just, oh, it's just a beautiful marriage. It's kind of like watching some kind of, I don't know, like Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton type thing on screen. But it's just without with with a lot of just kind of tenderness in the performance. So, yeah, really excited to uh, share that conversation with you with Garth Davies on next week's episode. I very much look forward to the pleasure of your company then. Okay, here's the situation: our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay, and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply.